the Southern Fried Witch and I am going to try to podcast today. There are thunderstorms and the dogs that are usually in their beautiful run in the day are at my feet. So that could get fun. (laughs) They don't like being still. I've got Jax with me today and Jax is working on nine years old and he does have cancer and it is, well, it has been a heartbreak for all of us. He was found a long time ago by um, a rescuer in a dumpster, and he was the only living pup in that dumpster, and he has been nothing but a blessing. We adore him. We did think he was going to be really tiny, and he ended up being huge. And that's my Jajax. And we have Coraline, who is a full-blooded dwarf Australian shepherd who was used to, um, was bred, and when the breeder was done with her, we took her in. So she is fixed and only six years old, and she's a bit of a spaz, but we also kind of love her for that, and she's the one who goes out with Jax in the day in that beautiful run. Oh, I don't know if y'all can hear him moaning in the background, but the rain's very hard on him. It hurts. Anyway, that's where I am right now. I've had a specifically difficult week, y'all, and I can't get into it, but it's been not fun, sort of emotional. And um, right now, what I ought to be doing is cleaning my house and planting some of those very last little scragglers that didn't get in the ground. They're still sitting in the nursery. I should be doing all of that, but I... I don't know. I feel like I need to also rest. I think I need to take care of myself today. So I thought instead I would come in and talk to y'all. And so here I am. Also, we have had a lot of birds born on the property in the last few weeks. Usually that comes in like in the spring. But our spring was uh, cluster clucked. So now they're, they're being born everywhere. And we may accidentally hear from a few of those since the door to the front porch is indeed open today. I've been getting snake energy again, and if you're a witch, you understand what I'm talking about. You have to be really careful to assure that, you know, it's not just a snake. I mean, we have so many out here. We keep the venomous ones at bay by removing firewood and things like that and keeping them kind of at the periphery. And luckily, the only venomous ones, knock on wood, so far have been copperheads, and most of their bites are non-venomous, and they're not very interested in us. But I've had a lot of other snake activity that has been more in my face. Um, You may hear rain in the background. I won't be able to remove that later. It's a real day in the life of a witch, so we're going to rock with it. Back to snake energy, y'all. I've uncovered a lot of them lately. I've learned how to lift rocks appropriately. (laughs) Even then, it's a bit of a risk out here. But I've uncovered quite a lot and then gently placed them back down. Seen a lot of little sweet decays who 
if you don't know about them, they are precious. They are very unlikely to bite you. You probably got to pay one to do it. And then I found a snake that I cannot identify. I've got a herpologist friends, so it's okay. I'm going to figure out what it was. But we had an armadillo, and that armadillo was very destructive. Um, I do believe it was a juvenile. If so, I will say it is a very intelligent juvenile because we put the live traps down and have had no more damage. <laughs> Nothing's in those live traps, but they have apparently stopped tearing up our garden. So we'll rock with that. But in one of their holes, one of the big ones that was by the pumpkin, that was a volunteer pumpkin, and there was a snake rolled up one morning and quite dead, quite unalived. I mean, it was belly up. And we did, you know, try to lift it and see whether or not it was going to make it. And there was no sign of life at all. And something about this bothered me. I knew that was an armadillo hole. So all I could imagine was that it had been injured either by the tromping and the nosing of the armadillo or some other predator. I don't know, but to curl up in a freshly dug hole like that to die was just um, somewhat bothersome to me. I'm still kind of grokking through what that would mean and, of course, taking into account common sense. But that was still on my mind. It was really. Um, I don't know, it was painful for me to find him or her in that condition. And that was still on my mind last night when we were sitting around watching TV after having dinner. And the kitty cats, who do not get along at all, Grendel and Waylon, were being extraordinarily still focused and working together, which is not something you would ever see with those two. They've learned how to like just stay out of each other's way. They're both boys. But they were standing over something over on the little hearth where our wood burning stove is. And my eldest son had stopped by for dinner. And he said, oh, mom, light, light, we need light. And it was a, it was another snake. Uh, this one, we think it might have been a racer. We're not sure. You know, it's sort of dark in our living room at the time and dark outside at where he did go. And I do think he was either shocked or lightly injured because he wasn't moving too much until he hit the grass and then he he did limp away but that was interesting we don't have snakes in our home without having like a an injury to our home you know usually not quite sure how this one got inside or why he would want to get inside especially since it was a very cool evening and had been raining very nice outside have no idea what that was about So usually I'm a three strikes girl, but I will say that my, um, oh, the rain just came down hard. Snake energy uh, antenna (laughs) has been activated. Sorry, y'all. The rain may be loud here because we have tin roofs everywhere and can't really get around it. And I feel like podcasting right now, so we're going to have to deal with it. And I know most folks think that you know, just the gen pop out there thinks that you know, snakes are important of something not wonderful. I disagree. I've always felt they were symbols of change, symbols of growth, of something new coming in. 
um, the whole idea of shedding a skin and starting anew. And specifically, since all the snakes I'm, I'm running into around here, at least this year, and we're deep in June, are non-venomous, I'm leaning that direction. I'm leaning towards it being that. And yes, it does occur to me that one of those snakes was dead. It's not like I missed that. I'm going to need one more. One more sign to assure that this is not a fluke of living in the country. And it is indeed instead snakes on a plane. See how I clean that up for y'all. <laughs> so yeah, that is where we are today. Let's see, what did I want to talk to y'all about today? I think I want to talk to y'all about what happens to a pragmatic witch when we end up having <laughs> that Walt Disney, Harry Potter moment. Because I have to tell y'all, I'm always skeptical, one eyebrow up. I know, strange for a witch, right? So when something very in my face happens, magically speaking, it's a little hard for me to accept. I don't know if y'all are like that or not. But just recently, I have had some outright practical magic, <laughs> movie caliber stuff happening. I had this happen about two years ago, too, and I think it was of such a strong nature that it sort of frightened me a little bit. And I think I, even though against my better, you know, nature and everything that I know about the craft, I think I closed down somewhat. It was literally, <laughs> I mean, it was close to dancing brooms, y'all. So, I mean, I tell people all the time that magic is more subtle and that results show themselves and then it's up to us to ascertain whether or not that worked. I see magic work all the time in the natural world and I'm an older witch, you know, so there's no need in you writing to me and telling me, oh, you didn't believe in your own. Yes, I believed, but some of the things that I've seen <laughs> recently are outside of the bounds of what most of us will, I don't know, encounter in our craft. Fairly delicious, really, but also shocking. Seems almost natural for me to think about this, considering all that snake energy. But yeah, I do think there is something that happens to us when we get older, whether that be cronehood or haghood or you know, that important second Saturn return. I don't know, but something does. Where before my magic was very fluid, I suppose, um, it would come to fruition, but it would take a while. And then it would be very exacting. And that was important to me. With my little brain, I needed to see certain markers on something. And at times it was so exacting, you know, in my 40s and even early 50s, it was so exacting that it was almost in my face, almost like a a cosmic joke, <laughs> you know, look, bitch, it works, you know, so, and my magic still does work that way for me quite a bit, what it has taken on, what, what the, the nuances, the, the depth of it is more multi-layered, y'all know I've I think I have told y'all about the time I heard a spirit literally scream <laughs> at me. And the only way I would believe that that was true was that my children, who were in the bathtub at the time, very tiny, 
also screamed and cried and wanted to know who that man was that just hollered at them. That's how skeptical I can be, even of my own craft, even though I believe in it and know it. I am a stubborn child, no matter how old I get. And I hushed that voice and I told it never to scare my children again. And it did not. It did not. I don't think you're supposed to yell at spirits the way I yelled at that one. It was a instant reaction, mama bear kind of moment. But recently, those moments are coming closer and closer together. And I have to continue because I can't help myself to raise an eyebrow and look around and see if my cat's acting differently (laughs) or if anyone else heard it. I mean, you practically got to shatter something off a shelf. And now I'm looking up thinking, no, don't do that. But for me to really dig in and, and buy it and believe it. I know it sounds antithetical to everything I talk about. I believe deeply in magic. I think it is a, a well-known secret that some of us don't believe deeply in our own and need that kind of confirmation. I know. But did y'all not think that faith was a problem for all of us? Any witch that's out there purporting to always believe in their magic and know how strong and powerful they are. All right. Well, are we really espousing their wonderful witchcraft capabilities? Or are we alluding to their fantastical ego? I think the hardest lesson I am learning right now, as I'm near 60, is to balance the two. My ego, if I will allow it to grow at all, up against what is right in front of me and I know is happening. But I'm getting there. Recently, one of the patrons uh, over in Patreon, one of those, um, posted a photo of her beautiful kitty cat in our Facebook group. And that Facebook group is just for patrons. Please, y'all do not ask to join that unless you are one. I've had that happen a lot. But anyway, she put it up there and right before I was going to sleep, I thought about that kitty and it was so visceral to me as I slipped into dreamland. So real that when I woke up, I felt like I'd met her cat. The kitty cat had gotten out and was missing overnight and there was all kinds of, um, you know, stressors about that. Of course there are. You live in the country at all, even if you don't. That is cause for concern. And as I drifted off to sleep, all I could think about was this kitty. I I saw the picture in my head. I could feel her fur. I knew the kitty. It was very um, odd. And somewhere in the night, I dreamed I was walking in the woods. They were not mine, but I was in some kind of tree line. And uh, there was this kitty that I'd seen the picture of that was following me. And occasionally I would stop and pet the head and encourage her to keep going and then look back up and then walk a little bit more. And she was a little lost and had been a little traumatized. And it was, well, it felt real. (laughs) It really did. And then when I woke up, I checked Facebook and I don't normally, well, I wouldn't normally believe that something like this could happen, but the kitty had shown back up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Maybe it's all a coincidence. Some coincidences are just uh, 
a little hard. In fact, I believe harder to believe than magic would be. That a coincidence would be that clear cut. And that kind of thing is happening a lot more. I don't know if it's okay or even safe to talk about, but I have a witch bell that is on my altar. And my altar is in my bedroom. Mostly because right now we're working on redoing the entire house. And it's a it's a mess, y'all. A fucking mess right now. So my altar is in my bedroom in the corner. And the witch bell is sitting there. I rarely ever use this bell. And when I have used it, it's been mostly for ancestral work. That kind of thing. Spirit work. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. One of those little self-standing bells. You would have to lift it to make any sound. And in the middle of the night, something woke me up. And it was my bell ringing. And I still cannot. I've tried to scientifically explain it away. <laughs> you know, y'all, I've, I've tried very hard to find a reason. Because, you know, I immediately turned a light on and looked over and there was nothing going on. My kitties are locked out of the room at night. But even after I was woken up, it continued to ding. And the second I cut the light on, it was still. So I've gone through the physics of that and realized, wow, I cannot get around the fact that my bell was somehow lifted in some way to make that pretty little ding, ding, ding sound. And for so long. Oh, and I've had my oldest dog is the only one who will do it, by the way, y'all. I've got all these dogs, but it's my 17 and a half year old dog. She's part hound dog, part rat terrier. She's adorable, huge ears, way too old. The vet calls her the Betty Watt of dogs. <laughs> and quite possibly, she is the sweetest dog who ever walked the planet. I don't think she knows how to bite other than her food. I've never heard her growl, and you've already heard how old she is. She is friendly to everyone to almost a fault. So this little angel, my little half-hound, is the only dog in the home who will do the whole, um, cats do it a lot, and only one of my cats will do it, you know, staring at the ceiling or staring at a blank wall and barking and getting really upset at apparently nothing. That girl does that. Her name is Khaki. And she's very, very old and therefore a hag herself. And when the bell dinged and I turned on my light, she looked up over her head because the altar is actually over where she sleeps. She has a pillow underneath it. And she looked directly over her head and for the first time in her entire life, as far as I know, and I've been around it, she did a full alert with her ears standing up and her little pointer tail going behind her, stood straight up on her little pillow and stared above her. And none of this was at me and I've never seen this behavior before. So, I don't know. It's gotten intense. There are other things that are even more, uh, I like to call them Harry Potter moments. <laughs> you know, things you really cannot explain at all. But there are more. I'm just uh, loath to discuss them. I, I just don't feel that it's appropriate to talk about on a podcast because I feel like 
It's almost like blowing out a birthday candle, like a wish kind of thing. I think I know who's talking to me. And I think I, well, they're making their message awfully clear. Like Walt Disney World cartoon clear. Y'all know at the end of the day, it's all a big catch-22 when it comes to believing in magic, isn't it? If we're educated and intelligent and uh, try to be well-balanced, it's a bit of a crapshoot sometimes to tell ourselves, oh no, you're not suddenly hearing voices. (laughs) It's very difficult, I think, to receive messages sometimes. And then... Y'all know, I I have this memory, and I think I've told y'all back in season one, but if not, here we go. My uh, dad, stepdad, whatever, he was like my dad, always told me that if he ever wanted to get in contact with me, he was going to use a penny, a copper penny. And his favorite movie, of course, was Ghost. Yeah, it was, he loved it. Um... He was a tough New Jersey cop, but that movie would bring him to his knees, and he made me very clear that that was going to be the way. And on my wedding in 2008, it was a beautiful place to be, and it was a, it was a Unitarian church, you know, and they were very open, knew we were pagan, knew a woman was going to marry us, that kind of thing. Anyway, I was in the back, the, the little repository where you wait, and they had just vacuumed the entire floor, and no one had been in yet, and I walked in, and it was the room you're supposed to like go and prepare yourself to walk or whatever, and as I stepped in, right there at the tip of my pretty little wedding shoes was a penny shining at me, and there are a lot of ways to explain it, I'm sure, uh, Whoever cleaned it up, you know, maybe it fell out of their pocket. Lots of ways to look at the situation, but something in my heart knew, you know, he couldn't be there for that day. And it was very sad for me that he couldn't walk me down the aisle. And in the little box that my wedding band came in, that's where that penny is until this day. And I have two choices. I can look at it like, yeah. That was meant for me the way it felt like it was, or it was a fluke. And either way we go, it became magical to me. Y'all, at the end of the day, I think that magic and believing in it is a choice. It's the same kind of choice we make when we believe in a person. It's the same kind of choice, y'all. It's the same kind of forward you know, decision-making, commitment we make, when we love a dog, when we believe they have a soul, when we know there's something more to a tree than bark. (laughs) It's the same walk on water when we accept that there is an emotion called love that can literally move mountains. And I think it's very linked to our socialization, the way the world has become for us not to be able to believe in ourselves that way. I'm going to tell y'all a quick story and then I'm going to head on out of here because I am late today. I've used this particular analogy with so many of my own students. I've talked about it with my children. It's it's my (laughs) go-to. It really is. I may have already done it on the podcast, in fact, but my grandma taught me something when I was very young. 
When I was extraordinarily young, I would cry at night. I would grieve. And I was grieving over her one day impending death. But I would also cry and grieve over the possibility of like my doggy dying. Or when I found out that trees one day will die. Y'all don't even know 10-year-old Seba in the bed sobbing her eyes out because a tree was going to die. Oh, and, and, you know, butterflies who evidentially died on me all the time and would leave their beautiful corpses all around (laughs) in the woods and, and break my heart there. So it was so hard for me because I knew the value of all that life. I knew it, believed in it. But I obviously didn't necessarily believe that we went on. And that was what was so frightening. So grandma sat me down one time and I wish I could tell you what the situation had been. But like I say, I was pretty bad about grieving every night. So who knows what night it was. But if it was at night, then it was one of those wonderful weekends I got to escape the uh, trauma and the noise and the horror that was my home. You know, the other kids don't remember all that. (laughs) They were too young, but I do. I do. I, I remember quite well. And so I was over there and I was grieving and she sat me up right in bed, had to grab me to pull me up and told me to, to breathe with her till I calmed down. And this is what she taught me. And yes, it's simple. Um, But I've never really been one for high magic, y'all. I like the real dirty, grungy, sweaty stuff. I, I'm not really big on ceremonial. And so she said to me, I want you to close your eyes, honey, and I want you to imagine the soul of who you love the most in this entire world. And I don't know what I said. You know, there's no telling. I was probably still squalling like a baby. But she kept on reiterating, not their face, not their hands, not anything about them outside of themselves. Just their beating, beautiful heart that you love. You know, I know she was trying to tell me their essence, but, you know, no 10-year-old's going to get that, right? So, the thing about them, the feeling you get, and just imagine that, you know, as a firefly or lightning bug, depending on where you come from. And I think we called them lightning bugs when we were children, but later on we met my dad from New Jersey. Anyway, I got her meaning, but when she said something about a firefly, I thought, okay. So, by the way, it was her (laughs) that I love more than anything in this entire world. She was my safety net. She was fair. Uh, She loved me a little bit extra, but she did that because I wasn't loved as much as the others. And you know, that kind of support, that kind of belief in me, it was probably the only thing that saved me later on in my life. I knew it was. So I loved her. I loved her the mostest. And I imagined her like a a lightning bug, which means that I closed my eyes and I saw her light blinking. And then I kind of let it expand in my head and encompass all of who she was. And she said, do you have it? And I was like, yeah, I got it. And it was, you know, first 
a regular little yellow light blinking, but after some time it expanded out and it became blue and green and it just undulated there for me. And it was amazing. I I could see the whole, uh, I guess, uh, spirit essence of my grandma without her face or details. And she said, okay, do you believe in it? And I said, yeah, it's more real than anything. And then she said, open your eyes. And her eyes, when I opened mine, her eyes were flashing blue and green at me. And she said, that's a soul, baby. (laughs) And you can't kill it. Nothing in this world, including trees and, you know, growing things and all of my experience, nothing in this world has ever taught me magic like that. And no, a lot like that cannot completely go out. It simply cannot. It took me years to understand the science behind something like that. You know, that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. That that kind of light would have to go somewhere. Whether it be into a tree or be born again into something or another plane of existence. I finally got that it had a life of its own. And that as long as this earth was turning, that light would continue to burn. I stopped grieving every night. I still would get sad because it also occurred to me, so I can't talk to you. (laughs) And of course, she cleared me up on that. And she still talks to me today. And if I don't talk to her, she will call me in the middle of the night and wake me up with a ringing telephone. You know, one of those old-timey rotary ones. (laughs) And in my half-awake, half-asleep, I guess, uh, state, I will answer that telephone. Hello? (laughs) And I can hear her. I've been trying to reach you, honey. And there she is. So, no, I don't think I have enough faith in my own magic. And I don't think a lot of witches are going to admit that. But they should. Because from that place, they can have their own little lightning bug moment. (laughs) And without that moment, I wouldn't believe in magic at all. So last night I was sitting outside and it was a a tornado watch. And my son and daughter-in-law and kind of just think of her like a daughter. But she was here and my grandbaby and all the dogs and all the kitties, and we're all hunkered down in this house because we've got a cellar to go to in a tornado. And it was horrible, the the thunder and the lightning, and there was suddenly a reprieve. It was about, I guess, maybe like 20 minutes. And of course, I was on the porch, honey. You know that's where I'm going to be if I can be. And right there in that reprieve, in between all of the warnings and the the bright crack of lightning right there. The whole front yard lit up in those lightning bugs. It was a beautiful show. It really was. And that to me was a sign. I'm not going to tell you for what, because again, it's like blowing out a birthday candle, but I needed that. I needed that a lot because their energy will go on. And so will my magic. No matter how old I get, there will be something, (laughs) something burning in me that can light up a spell. 
something in me that is attuned to something very old and wise and forgotten. Not that I am, but there is a nice little tether that my grandma put in me when I was only 10. Because it has occurred to me that if I don't believe in my own magic, I can't believe in hers. And as far as I'm concerned, no one ever sparked that kind of energy quite like she did. Regardless of the time or what people would have thought or who she was or whether or not she attended church or whether or not, none of it matters. At the end of the day, she knew there was something. She used to put her finger on my forehead and say that I had the touch and that I was going to be somebody one day and to never forget that. And it occurs to me that there's nothing more beautiful or magical that I could be other than her granddaughter. I don't know if y'all are picking up what I'm putting down, but the magic went on and it lives on today. So I don't know how y'all find faith in your own interior witchcraft. I don't know how you, I mean, maybe that's it. Do some of us only believe in it externally? You know, it's coming from the gods or the goddess or the trees or another witch. But we are part of that witchcraft ecology. Are we not? So therefore, it must also be alive in us. I don't know. What do you see when you turn the lights out? All right, that's it, y'all. I'm way behind because of all that tornado weather. (laughs) And I have a book I need to be writing. So I'm off. Love y'all like chicken. Talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.